Good morning. If you want to actually put some action uh, behind your faith, a great opportunity to do that is actually to go to Florida and help Next Level Church. We're going to be taking a trip here in a few weeks, and that's about all I can tell you because I don't have more information than that. But in particular, people that, it's a physical trip. Uh, people that know how to fix something or carry something or lift something, uh, they can use us. And we're going to go down and give them uh, some help. And so if you're interested in hearing about that, when we do it, when we have the plans, we'll email you. Um, and once we have the plans, we've got to move quick. So we're collecting a list of people that want to know about it. So if you want to know about it, head to the events page on MyNewHope.in and sign up there. So I'm Pastor Adam, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm blessed to be able to speak with you today. Uh, before I break out into the world, I'm going to break out, break it down. Uh, before I get into the word, uh, I just want to, I just have kind of a quick announcement, just kind of a family thing to talk about. We, we actually have a new logo, and you may have seen it around, you're going to see more and more of it. And um, I want to share just for a moment where this icon comes from, the meaning behind it. See, when I look at that icon, I can remember that Christianity is a journey. And when you look at that icon, I want you to remember that Christianity is a journey. When I look at that in a certain way, I can kind of imagine two lines of a road and, and lines in the middle. It's kind of a road. There's actually a road hidden there. It's kind of a hidden meaning in the logo. I think we could show you that. Yeah, so you can kind of see how that kind of looks like a road. Uh, but not just any road representing a journey, but there's a, the Romans road is what, what I think of. Four scriptures in the book of Romans builds the path of salvation. Romans 3.23, everybody's a sinner. Romans 6.23, the penalty for that sin is separation from God and, and is death. Romans 5.8 says that uh, Christ died for us. He paid that penalty so we wouldn't have to. And Romans 10.13 says, anybody that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those four verses together build the foundation of our faith of, uh, really, it's salvation through Jesus. And so when you look at that, I want you to be able to, able to remember that. This is based upon our, our Christian journey towards God. Another thing I love about our logo is that it emphasizes hope in a new way. That's what we are. That's what we've always been. Hope dealers. Not anything else dealers, just hope dealers. We're, we're, deal, we're dealers of hope around here. We like to deal out hope because that's what we got from Jesus, and so we want to deal it back out to other people. So even in this icon, what's there is you know, the marks of the road, but what's not there, there's actually a hidden letter representing hope. I think we can show that to you right now. Uh, it's just, there's an H right there. Can you see the H and what's not there? Ooh, it's like a secret, secret H. Stands for hope, because we're hope dealers around here. And that's our new logo. You'll be seeing more and more of it, so... I mean, if you see the old one somewhere, sorry, it's a lot of places to change all at once, so that's it. Okay, this series is about oil reserves. If you missed any of them, you can catch up on our website, mynewhope.in slash media, all the sermons are there. I just want to uh, kind of get us up to speed. In the first week, I shared about the, tens bri the 10 bridesmaids who ran out of oil. They didn't have enough oil for their lamps. And they weren't ready for the return of the master. Church, Jesus is coming back, and we need to have oil in reserve for the return of our master. So we need oil reserves. How do we get oil reserves? That's what this whole series has been about. We learned that we hold on to oil by 
being disciplined and having discipline in our life. We learn that we access oil through private communion with God. Soak, seek, uh, soap, soak, seek. Last week, we learned that we, found, we find oil through relationships with other people that have oil. We can uh, uh, find those who have oil and they can help us. And today, we're ending this series with another parable immediately following the parable of the ten bridesmaids in Matthew 25. Jesus tells a story about uh, the, the bags of gold. In this parable, one servant got five bags of gold and he doubled it. He doubled it for the master and God rewarded him. Another servant got two bags of gold and he doubled it. Turn to the person next to you and say, double it. Another servant got two bags and he doubled it and the master rewarded him. The third servant got one bag and hid it. And he gave one bag back to the master and was punished. So they received something from the master and gave something more back. Here's what I'm saying today. You've got to invest the oil you get and pour it out. You never know how full you can really get until you pour it out. It's kind of an oxymoron, not an oxymoron, a paradox. It's the opposite. It's different than what you would think. If you want to be full, you better dump it out. If you empty it out, then God can bless you with more. Don't believe me? Let me show you how this works. I just showed you, we're going to take a trip back in, back in the past here. I just showed you our new logo. And for the past 20 years before that, we had one logo for about 20 years. And in the first 20 years, the 20 years before that, we had a lot of logos. We, we, had, we had several. And there was a whole lot more than that. I just couldn't find them because they're so old. I want to take you all the way back to the very beginning. Calvary Chapel of Waterloo, 1980. There was this guy. My dad. See, this is this picture. I wanted to show you this picture because this actually is a... The, the, you, you can see evidence of the very first church scandal. The very first church scandal was, we ever had was how much money my dad spent on his uh, office chair. Look at that. <laughs> He's got a cushion and everything. I'm kidding. There's no scandals. No scandals. But that's how things started. 1980, my dad in an office with a folding table, a rotary phone, and a, uh, a, metal, a metal folding chair with a little one-inch pad on it. After a church split, that's when he started. And he started leading a lot of people that were hurt and wounded. And he didn't have much. There were, I mean, just look at, this, look, at, look at that plush office. He didn't have much, but he had something. He took what God gave him, and he started pouring it out. Yeah. We can go to the next image here. We started pouring it out and served God. And God poured his spirit out on this church. All few of them. The first, the church when we, we got started... The whole church, all services combined, small groups counting kids, everybody could have fit in this one section right here. There wasn't a whole lot. But my dad took what was there and poured it out and served and was found faithful. And he doubled it. Everybody say double it. Double it. 
They took that oil God gave them and they doubled it and they served and they invested and they doubled it and they doubled it and they doubled it and they doubled it. And next thing you knew, this little building on Washington Street just was too small. We couldn't, we couldn't continue to grow. And so we built the first edition. The, the, the building that you're sitting in right now uh, was built in the mid-90s because of the faithfulness that uh, my parents poured out. They, they had a little bit, and they poured out, and they kept serving. A little bit, and they doubled it, and they doubled it. And as soon as we built this one, we realized, oh, Lord, we built it too small. And just a few years after we built this one, we built the addition next to it and had a new groundbreaking service. We've worked hard to continue to invest the oil that God has given us and double it and double it and double it. Today, today, this morning, there's about 100 people that are worshiping live with us online in actual active community. They sign up for our small groups. They show up to uh, prayer meetings. They're part of our church. We love you. Today, right now at this instant, there's volunteers praying with, uh, with people at, at uh, assisted living communities. We're there right now and throughout this week. God keeps blessing this church because we don't hang on to what we have. We pour out the oil. We pour out the oil. And in 2023, we'll be launching into a, a second location. What is that? We have one location. What's one doubled? Two. We're doubling it. We're doubling it. That's what we do. We double it. That's what we're talking about. Double it. If you like your sermon titles like New International Version, then today's sermon title is Get Refilled with Oil by Living on Purpose. But if you like your sermon titles a little bit more like the message, today's sermon title, title is Double It. Double It. If you need more oil from the Holy Spirit, if you need some oil reserves, here's what I want to drive home to you today. You'll never know how full you can feel until you empty yourself out. I want to be full. I need to hold it. No, that's not how it works. If you want to be filled with God, pour out everything he gives you. Give it all up. Pour out your oil. Serve. Invest in the kingdom. Obey. And you'll get more. It's just how it works. God puts a little oil in, and he pours more Holy Spirit into your life the more you give it out and serve somebody else and invest it into the kingdom of God. Would you turn to Matthew chapter 25? You can turn or tap there. We have all the sermon notes on mynewhope.in. I hope you follow along there and email it to yourself. If you don't do that, I hope you look up the scriptures on your phone and you can, you can actually highlight in your phone and save a note so then like, it'll be there forever. And if you don't do that, I hope you look up the scriptures in, you know, OG version with the paper. And you can write, there, write in your Bible or make a note. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25, verse uh, 14. Matthew 25, verse 14. If you're there, say, mm-hmm. All right. Again, again, so he's talking about a parable. Jesus is telling a ser series of parables. You've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. So he says, again, it will be like, the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted. Everybody say Entrusted. And trusted his wealth to them. Notice, this master entrusted his wealth 
to servants. This is a parable. God's the master. We are the servants. Here's number one. You can write this down. God withdraws where he deposits. He's not going to withdraw someplace where he didn't put something in. He put something in so he can withdraw. We talk about trusting God. And that's good. I mean, we should talk about trusting God. Trust God. That's good. But have you ever considered that God actually trusted you? Is it possible that God trusts you more than you trust him? The master entrusted his wealth to servants. God put something in you, and he trusted you enough to do it. You don't, you don't, put, you don't take your, your bank check or a bunch of money. If you have a bunch of money and you want to go put it in a bank, you don't put it in a bank that doesn't have a vault. You don't do your online banking where there's no password required. That would just be silly. Yet God took, took his treasure of the Holy Spirit and he put it in people like us. What was he thinking? This is the great mystery of the kingdom of God. This should not be news to us that God trusts us. I think it is for some of us. We've never heard it that way. But this is not news if you read your Bible. This scripture is filled with examples of God trusting us. Let me give you just a few. These aren't even on the screen. I'm just going to give you a few. 2 Corinthians 5.5, 5, God put his spirit in us. Why would he put his spirit in us? 2 Corinthians 4.7, we have treasure in the power of God. In, in that passage specifically says that, that that treasure is put into jars of clay, easily cracked. So it's not like God didn't know what he was doing. He knew that he was putting treasure inside a Broken people. Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece created for good works. So he trusts us to do it. Acts 1.8. He called us his witnesses. If you were in court and had to call a witness, think of the type of person you would want to call. Somebody that's trustworthy. Yet we are his witnesses. He trusts us. God has put something in us and he will withdraw where he deposits. We have enough. We have enough to do it too. Second Peter 1.3. Can we put this one up? His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He's given us everything we need. So God has a mission for you. And I don't have enough to go. I don't have enough to do it. I'm not capable. That's not an excuse. His divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. It says so. You may not feel like you've been trusted with much. Let me tell you what you have been trusted with. Assuming you don't exercise. And assuming you only live to 70. You have well over a half billion breaths. If you exercise, more. If you live longer, more. Half a billion breaths. Let's all use one right now. That came from God. Isn't that great that you could do that? God let you breathe. 
and he's given me my breath. So I don't get to tell him what I do with them. They're his. They're his. And he tells me what I do with them. Psalm 156. Let everything that has life and breath, what? Praise the Lord. I don't get to tell him what I do with my breath. He tells me what I do with my breath. I praise the Lord. He wants to withdraw where he deposits. Let's move on in the passage here. Matthew 25, verse 15. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. So we got five, two, and one. Then he went on his journey. Here's number two. It's not about how many bags you get, but what you do with them. That's what matters. It's not about how many bags you, you get, but what you do with them. We don't all get the same, but we had better make good with what we got. So the one with five doubled it. Master was happy. The one with two doubled it. The master was happy. But the one with one, let's do the math. Five doubled is 10. Two doubled is four. One doubled is not one. It's not one, yet that's what he brought back. Something different happened with that third one. He didn't do anything with it. God wants it doubled. He wants it doubled. Some people have a gift you don't have. Don't double their gift. That'd be silly. Double yours. Some have the same gift you have, but they have more of it. Don't double their gift. Double yours. You aren't all, we all aren't all going to get the same. Some have a, get, a calling that's different than yours. Don't double their calling. You double your calling. God gave you your blessing so you can be a blessing. We better be found good with what we got. All right, let's keep going. Matthew 25, verse 16 through 18. says, the man who had received five bags of gold went at once. Everybody say, at once. And he put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Here's number three. Don't waste a minute. He went at once. Church, let's not waste a minute. The guy with five went at once. The guy with two went right away. And the guy with one didn't do that. Good disciples view God's deposit as a seed. You ever planted something? You ever planted grass? I got a patch in my backyard that I gotta, I gotta keep working on because, see, every time I put grass down, I start to water it, and then the moment it starts to come up, I think, sweet! And I stop watering it. That's the most critical time for a seed. It's right, right then. It's right, I, I can't waste a minute. I gotta keep going. And when God deposits, makes a deposit of oil, a deposit of Holy Spirit in us, don't waste a minute, church. Don't waste a minute. That's the most critical time. There's, Jesus told the parable that you know, the kingdom of heaven is like, like different types of soil where seed gets dropped and the devil will come and snatch it away and another will just be hard, hard-hearted. Let's not waste a minute. Don't let the devil have a chance to pick up the deposit of the Holy Spirit out of you. See, it's not how many sermons you hear that makes you a good disciple. There's a lot of professional uh, sermon hearers. There's a lot of people that'll be disappointed in heaven and 
And Jesus is like, what? And they're like, I listened to five million sermons. I even took notes. Okay. I'm glad you took notes. That's good. But it's not how many sermons you hear that makes the difference. It's not how many classes you take that makes a difference. It's not how many books you read that makes a difference. Or even how many small groups you sign up for that makes a difference. No deposits of oil will make a difference in your life or anyone else's unless you act on them and allow God to penetrate your heart. Allow him to change you. So don't waste a minute. Don't let the devil have a chance to snatch up what the Holy Spirit put in you. If you're thinking right now, wow, this is a good sermon. I should share it with somebody. You got the world's greatest sharing device in your hand right now. What are you waiting for? Get them online, baby. Send them a link. They can come right now. You're allowed to use your phone in this church. It's, it's okay. You can text somebody. This, this sermon's awesome. Wish you were here. If you're thinking it, do it. Don't waste a minute. Don't, don't give the devil a chance to talk you out of it. You may have an action step during this sermon or another sermon. Has that, ever, has that ever happened to you? You hear a sermon and you're like, wow, you know, I really ought to write it down. If it's something that you can do right now, do it right now. If God speaks to your heart in a sermon, maybe you just need to stand up in the middle of church and raise your hand to the Lord and let him know that you heard him. It's between you and him. But don't waste a minute. In fact, if you read your Bible on your phone and you get some notifications that are on, you need to learn how to use the notification shut up button. I forget what that's called. Focus. <laughs> notification shut up button. That works. You may need to learn how to just stop that. All right, let's go back to the story. The master returns and the one who had uh, the five brings the five doubled. The one that has the two brings the two doubled. And the master's happy with both. We're going to pick up here in verse 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came and said, Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. In other words, that's, that's called stealing. He says, I know, you, I know you're a thief. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Here's number four, deception impedes flow. There is absolutely no indication in this parable that the master is a thief. No indication. There's no indication at all that this master goes and harvests in a field that doesn't belong to him. Yet that's what he thought. He was deceived. He was deceived into thinking something about his master that wasn't true. In fact, his entire course of action of hiding what God had given him, what, the whole basis of it was based upon an inaccurate view of his master. He didn't know who his master was. I wonder how many of us just have an inner, inaccurate view of God. You think God is, is something or somebody because of something in your past. There's, you know, we all have baggage. We all have history. We all come into the, the scriptures and, and come into every day with our past information in our brains that we use to filter everything. I wonder if some of that stuff is junk. I wonder if some of that stuff is a lie and gives us an inaccurate view of who God is. That will cause us to have an impeded flow because deception impedes flow. 
I was deceived yesterday. My son uh, had a soccer game, and I was heading back to my car, and I had my arms full, and I pulled out my, I pulled out my key fob because I have one of those cars that has a thing. You hit the button, and it goes beep, beep. It opens up. I can put, like, the soccer stuff in it. And I came up, and I was standing behind. Like, I'm busy, and there's cars going by. It's like, I don't want my son to get hit. And so I'm, like, concentrating on all this stuff. Things are moving, and I'm like, doot, doot, and this thing's not moving. I'm like, what is up with it? Nothing's happening. My son's like, Dad. I'm like, son. Dad. I'm like, quiet, Caleb. I got bags and stuff, and it was cold, and a blanket. I'm like, what is that? And he says, Dad. I'm like, what, Caleb? That's not your car. I'm like, what? And I look, it's, I have to drive a Chevy. This is like a Subaru or something. It's not even close. I'm like, what? And I look over, it's like I was in the wrong row. I look over and there's a row over here with the hatchback open and a group of people trying to figure out what's going on. This hatch just open and close. I wasn't getting what I needed because I was deceived. And this guy was deceived in thinking something about his master that was not true. And he was scared. He thought God wanted something out of him that he didn't have in him. He didn't realize what he actually had. He was deceived. In context, like we even read this, and we see there was a, the master gave five bags to, to one guy and two bags to another. And, and that sucker got one bag. <laughs> Loser. Like it, it seems like he doesn't have a lot. Seems like he doesn't have a lot. Because it's not, they don't mention the servants that didn't get anything. But he was still a servant that got a bag of gold. That's the truth. He was still a servant that got a bag of gold. I just imagine this guy, the one bag guy. We can give him a name. One bag Billy, I'll call him. I just imagine him coming around the corner, seeing his friend, Timmy. Too bad, Timmy. I just imagine him coming around and he says, he says, Timmy, you won't believe it. And Timmy says, says, no, you won't believe it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you won't believe it. You won't believe it, Timmy. I just got a bag. And Timmy says, what? You, you got a bag? I got, I got bags. I got, I got bags. What's the soundtrack going on in One Bag Billy's head right now? Womp, womp. And they're talking, and Timmy's feeling pretty good about himself. And then around, comes the, around the corner comes Five Bag Freddy. Yo, fellas! And they slap him. You won't believe what I got! And Billy walked away, deceived. The King James says it was a talent, not bags of gold, it was a talent. And talent was a weight. It's not talking about like how many gifts you have. Like, like, are you talented at music? It was a weight. And if we were to transfer the measurement of that day and, you know, for, to today's economy, that would have been about a half a million dollars. The guy with one bag had a half a million dollars. It's still a half a million dollars. It's st- would anyone not, not be willing to take it? I'll take a half a million dollars. That's nothing to shake a stick at. It's not five, but it's still a half a million. 
The truth was he still had a bag of gold. And the truth is you still have your gift. You still have what, what you have. And this guy, the one bag Billy, found himself in a, in a scared place and a scarce place. Both of those things hindered what he could do in the kingdom of God. He was, found himself in a scared place. Because he, he said specifically, I was afraid and I hid it. I was afraid and I hid it. I wonder how much, of, how much gold in the kingdom of God is represented in this room, but is hidden, is buried in the ground because of fear. Fear is a tactic of the devil. You going to let him win? And he found himself not only in a scared place, but a scarce place. He started looking at his spiritual life in the, in the view of scarcity. I don't have it. I don't have enough. I just have, I thought I had a lot, but, you know, I, I didn't get five bags. I didn't get two. I just got, I must not be, you know, I must not use it. I must not be important. It's still a half a million. I only have a penny. What should I, why bother? Do you know what happens if you put in .01 in your calculator and double it for 30 days? Do you know what that comes out to? 5,368,709.12. Pastor Adam, you don't need to say 12 cents. Oh no, if you take the 12 cents and double it for 30 days, it's a whole lot bigger than that. And if it was a, a month with 31 days, it's 10 million, just so you know. <laughs> Do not let the devil diminish what the Lord has given you. Yes. Don't let the devil take it away. Why would you do that? All right, so the master was furious with the guy with one, and he tells him off. You didn't even, you didn't even invest it in a bank? You, didn't, you just buried it? You totally squandered it? And the master continued in verse 28. He says, so take that bag of gold from him, and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has, or in context here, the context is pretty clear. Uh, whoever, whoever has or, or uses will be given more, and they will have an abundance. For whoever do, does not have or use, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here's number five. Those who serve others get more oil. You want more of the Holy Spirit? Don't keep it to yourself. Why would the Holy Spirit come to those where he's not allowed to flow? He wants to come in a greater abundance so he can come out of you. Serve. Bless others. Everything you have isn't isn't yours to begin with. God let you hold on to it. All your gifts, all your actual talents, everything. It's the Lord's. So pour it out to him. And he fills you up. Would you stand with me? Right after this parable, there's another parable that Jesus tells a story about the sheep and the goats. And it's a story about uh, final end, end times judgment. And in this story, God judges everyone. And the people that, 
the, the people, the sheep, they're the people that served the people that nobody loved, nobody wanted. And the moral of the story was those people actually did it to Jesus. They blessed God. When they served and they loved the people nobody loved, ooh, turns out they did it to Jesus. And they got filled back up. They got a reward. They got more oil. You will be filled up, church. You will be filled up when you serve. You just never know how full you can feel until you empty yourself out. If you're feeling empty, look, count your blessings. Start breaking your blessings down. Think about what you actually have. God's blessed you. Every one of us, we're blessed. What do you have? Double it. Well, I got a good back. That's about it. Cool. Are you available to go with us to Fort Myers, Florida and help rebuild a hurting community? Is that a blessing you have? Sign up to find out about it. Start praying about it. Maybe you want to serve on our guest experience team. I saw some of us today holding coffee cups. Did you know somebody came way, way earlier than you got here and made that coffee for you? And made sure cups were put up and everything was clean. And and now you get to sip on it. Maybe God's called you to help with that team. And, And maybe you can smile at people that walk in. I hope everyone that comes to our church... I hope nobody ever feels like they don't have a place here, like, like, like they, they don't belong. That's going to happen when we have a church full of people smiling. Maybe God's called you to serve in that way or serve in some other ministry. Church, God's given you everything you need. The Bible says that. And you won't know how full you can feel until you pour it all out. There may be some people who can hear me this morning who haven't even begun that process. You haven't even given your life to the Lord. Ever. For a first time even. Hey, it's as simple as this. You just surrender. Say, this is what I got. It's not much. You want to do something with this, Jesus? He does. He does. See, you're, all of us are separated from God because of sin. And the only way to bridge that gap is through Jesus Christ. And if we accept him and open our life up to him, he can help us have a relationship with him. Jesus is the way. You just got to start, start following. Surrender your life fully to him. There's others of us here. We've given our life to the Lord, but, you know, maybe there's not a part that hasn't been given. You know, when I have people over to my house, there's some doors I close because I didn't want to clean everything, or my wife didn't want to clean everything. I don't, I'm not as helpful as, I'm not saying, okay, it's true. I'm not as helpful as I wished I could be. So, so some, some doors just get left closed. Not so with God in your, in your house. No door gets to be closed. He knows about it. You're not hiding it. The only way it's going to get cleaned up is you open it and say, all right, God, I'll give that part too. I'll give that part to you too. Will you give it to Jesus? The little you have, will you surrender to God? Will you pour out your life to others and to the Lord? Lord, I pray that we would be a church that fully surrenders to you, that we give you all, that we surrender all to you.